1: Welcome, family, friends, fans, and foes. It's time once again for Never Sleeps Network's Talking Wrestling. And I'm your host, Casey Corbin. And thank you for joining us on today's journey. And what a journey it will be! Oh, boy, we got a great guest. Uh, I just met him last week in uh, Kingston, Ontario. We were working together at a comedy club called Absolute Comedy. And uh, this man is uh, originally from New Zealand. And now makes his home in uh, Manchester, and he performs uh, comedy internationally. And uh, his name is Sully O'Sullivan, and Sully O'Sullivan will be on the show in a little bit. Um, but before that, uh, we got to hit up uh, all of our social media outlets. You know where they are. If you're on Facebook, follow us on Talk Wrestling, and uh, and it's not Talk and Wrestling. It's not Talking Wrestling. It's T A L K N. W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G talking Wrestling Um Just like Hulk Hogan's Rockin' Wrestling From back in the day, cause that's where we stole the title Talking Wrestling Uh, if you can't find us there On the Facebook, why not check us out On the old Twitter, at T N W Pod, At T N W Pod. Give us a like, give us a tweet, give us a retweet Uh, give us a shout out, give us a follow You know what to do on the old Twitter Um, if you were, um you want to send us a Gmail. Uh, you want to send us a question uh, via Gmail for the upcoming Q&A. Um, you got to go to TalkinWrestling at gmail.com. If you're on the Instagram and you want to see all of our pictures that we're putting up there. Including the pictures that I just put from this past weekend. What happened this past weekend? You'll find out. Um, you can check out those pictures on the Instagram at uh, Talking Wrestling Podcast uh, at Instagram. Um, if you're on Spotify, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a heart, um, put us on a list. Whatever you do on Spotify, go there, find us. Of course, uh, you, we're on all the other uh, places where you can find popular um, podcasts as well as on iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you give us a five-star rating and a favorable review, we will send you a postcard of your liking. However, however, we need you to get a hold of us and say, hey, we wrote a, we wrote you a uh, review. Where's our damn postcard? Now, a lot of these postcards that are available are still fantastic. And they're in fantastic, fantastic shape. Um, we are getting, we got Tommy Rich Wildfire, in case you like him, we got him. Gorgeous Jamie Garvin, got him. Jerry Lawler still available, can you believe that? That Murderer Kevin Sullivan, still available. The Junkyard Dog, still available. The Boogie Woogie Man, still available. Uh, Magnum T. A. Gentleman Chris Adams, all both still available. As well as uh, some very other popular ones that are still available. The Fabulous Ones, Tony Atlas. Tony Atlas is right beside Carlos Carlon. Um, it almost sounds like the cast of Viceland documentaries. Because uh, here's from from the Bruiser Brody documentary. Here's Carlos Carlon and Tony Atlas. And Ric Flair. Of course, Ric Flair is there. He is in his beautiful blue uh, robe with the NWA uh, belt. Ten pounds of gold around his waist. we got Paul Orndorff. Still available. Still available. Who else is available here? Here we go. Oh, the Rock and Roll, the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky and Robert, getting the fuck on, getting all the girls, Sergeant Slaughter, that's an order, maggot, uh, Superfly Snooker, Greg the Hammer Valentine, uh, although lately he looks like Greg the Hammered Valentine, <laughs> he looks drunk, uh, Jesse the Body Ventura, uh, Barry Windham, and of course uh, the barefooted Kevin of Von Eric, and uh, the one-footed Carrie Von Eric. Um, those are um, what do we have left as far as um as far as the postcards go. Now remember if you get a review and we read the review on the show, or even if you just give us a heads up and tell us that you sent a review and we find it, we will send you the postcard. We'll get your address from you and we will send you the fucking postcard. You're like, how do you send a postcard in the mail? The actual mail? You'll get a mailman or maybe a female man. Or whatever a mailman, they will bring you the mail, and they'll bring you the postcard. That's how postcards work. It'll be uh, it'll be great. Uh, so, anyways, if you uh, send us a question for the upcoming Q and A, we read that question on the air. Um, you will get that postcard sent to you. If you uh, send us a review and a five star rating, we read the review online. You get a postcard. That's it. it it's just that simple. It's just that simple. And as we're talking right now, I'm going in. I'm going in and I'm gonna to look to see if there are any new. Uh, if there are any new I, uh, any new uh, reviews for the old uh, talk wrestling. So let's, uh, let's see what happens when we pull this up here. We go into the iTunes, we type in Talking Wrestling. it comes up. we click on the podcast. there it is. very simple. And then we click on ratings and reviews, and this is on the Talking Wrestling podcast in Canada. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is this a? Here's a new one. I don't think we've read this one from uh, March 14th. Have we read this one? If we, if we have, or if we haven't, it's by G Brooks 2. and G Brooks uh, get a hold of us. So it says, as a Canadian and a pro wrestling fan, this shows everything I've ever wanted in a podcast. Casey Corbin really knows how to bring the best out of his guests. Hey, G. Brooks? Garth Brooks? Is that who it is? Garth Brooks? You can tell me, Garth. If you're a fan of the show, just let me know. Where the thunder rolls and the lightning strikes. Beep, beep, beep. Um, but it sounds great in Saskatchewan. And thank you for that five-star rating. Tell us what wrestler you want, get a hold of us, and uh, let's make this happen. Uh, aside from that, that's all I think that we need to know. That's all the social medias. We've hit them up. Folks, how are you? How was your week in wrestling? Did you enjoy the, the, the three-hour Raw? Did you enjoy the two-hour SmackDown? What did you watch? What were you doing? What was my weekend in wrestling like? Well, I didn't have much wrestling. I, uh, I was uh, performing shows all weekend. I was in Kingston, Ontario performing shows. I live in Toronto, Ontario. They're about two and a half hours apart. However, on Saturday, I drove from Kingston to Toronto with Jan Murphy of Chinlock Wrestling. And uh, one of our top guests on this show, um, Jan, uh, drove down to the Toronto airport where there was a sports card convention and memorabilia show uh, with many hockey players many baseball players uh, many sports celebrities but of course the headliner of the whole show was none other than the 16 time world champion the nature boy Ric Flair was in the house and uh, you could get a picture with him whether it be in one of his robes or just in just how he dresses every day, styling and profiling, um, and you can get an autograph by him. Whether it was a premium item, like like the, let's say a belt, a world title belt, that would be cool to get it signed, not to wear to shows, but to get signed. I think that's cool. Put it up on your wall, um, and and uh, yeah. So just uh, get a picture, get an autograph, and um, you know. So I. Totally took advantage of the situation, being in Kingston, two and a half hours away. That's where Jan's from. Jan drove us to Toronto. We went to the to meet Ric Flair, and uh, we got to meet Ric Flair. We got our picture with Ric Flair, and uh, what a treat it was. And then back to uh, to Kingston to perform that night. And I gotta tell you, um, it was quite the weekend. It was quite the weekend meeting Ric Flair. I look at this picture now, um, basically. I was on the road, so I could not... It's so funny, because when I bought the ticket to go do this, uh, I was on the road, and I hadn't been home. And here at the house, where I have my wrestling archives, I have plenty of magazines with Ric Flair on the cover. Specifically one that I wanted to get autographed, always. It's from, uh, I think it's a, a Wrestling 86 or Wrestling 87, and it's got Ted Turner on it with Ric Flair on the cover, and it says Lifestyles of the Rick and Famous. Uh, I've always adored that cover and, uh, I wanted to get it signed. And, uh, the only thing is, is I wasn't home to get it. And I also wasn't home to get my sports jacket and, uh, my golf shirt and my aviators, because if I'm going to meet Ric Flair, God damn it, I'm going to dress up. I'm going to, you dress up for the champ. He dresses up for us. So, um, you know, uh, I luckily I had someone coming up from Toronto to Ottawa where I was doing shows, and I got them to drop by my house and pick up my blazer, and then I bought a new golf shirt, and I already had a pair of aviators. So uh, I got to go uh, meet Ric Flair, and um, the next thing was, what am I going to get autographed? And I found uh, two magazines that I bought. Uh, one had Ric Flair on the cover. Uh, it just was called, I, I don't even know what it was called, just called Wrestling. Um and uh, he was sort of fish hooking uh, Jimmy Garvin's mouth. Really, look, it was a great cover. But then um, I never heard of that brand before. But then I found uh, another brand, Wrestling Eye, which I'd had many issues. Uh, you know, and Wrestling Eye always referred to as like the uh, the lower tier of the wrestling magazines, like the top of the lower tier. You know, like the Sports Review series were always like the best ones, like PWI, Inside Wrestling, Sports Review Wrestling, uh, The Wrestler, um, you know, Wrestling Superstars. Those were all great publications, all A1. Um, And then you had your Wrestling Eye, um, Wrestling Wrestlers, you know, just Superstar Wrestling. I don't know. You had all the other secondary ones that weren't as good. Um but this one was a wrestling eye. Ric Flair's on the cover and some Von Eriks down in the corner. It was just fantastic. I got him to sign it. He signed Ric Flair uh sixteen times. Woo! That's exactly what he signed it. And uh yeah, so it was very it was very cool. I was dressed up to meet the champ. Um I was nervous about going in and meeting him. I didn't know what to say. It was funny they took the picture so fast, I wasn't ready. I wasn't I wasn't in the pose I wanted because I was smiling, but I wanted to be serious and giving a four horsemen the four, the four horsemen logo, the four fingers up. So I said, oh, I didn't want I didn't want to do that picture. Can we do it again? Um, I want to put my fingers up like four horsemen, and then Nature Boy put his uh, four fingers up, and uh, we got the picture. And I said, uh, thanks for everything that you've done and everything you do. I said thanks for being you, and he said thank you. And that was pretty much it. And then uh, I tried to ask him a question as I was going through um, the autographs table. And uh, that was later. The pictures were first and then the autograph. And um, I got it on tape. So we'll listen listen to it. And um, I also got Ric Flair. You know, a lot of these guys, Bobby Hall, uh, he was there. Roberto Alomar was there. Denny Potvin was there. Um, all these sporting Hall of Famers are there. And that Ric Flair is the only one that comes out to music. (laughs) And as soon as he comes out, he sees Bobby Hall. And he goes straight to Bobby Hall. And it is clear to me that him and Bobby have had a few drinks in the past. Like, these guys know each other. And Ric Flair loves hockey. I don't know if you know that about him. But he is a huge hockey fan. And... um, you know, so when he sees Bobby Hall there, he was so happy, and then he walks over to where he's signing. He gets a whole. Everybody gets their little booth. He has a whole fucking stage, <laughs> and uh, and Nature Boy cuts a promo, and uh, we're gonna go to that promo right now. Toronto, one of the greatest sports cities in the world. I think I'm standing here actually 50 feet and the golden Jets. Yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love that. The Golden Jet. He was so happy about Bobby Hall being there. Brett Hall was there too. The Golden Brett. However, the Golden Brett didn't get a shout out the way the Golden Jet got a shout out. Absolutely love that. And uh, (laughs) you can hear the fans wooing as well. Just fucking fantastic, man. Just so great. Uh, I'm going to play this other clip. This is me going through the autograph. And, uh, you know, now the guy in front of me wouldn't shut the fuck up. He's getting one of those little pop dolls signed. You know, it's like, get the hell out of here, buddy. Um, but the, I was getting a vintage magazine, and uh, which is way cooler than the, any of those Funaki Pops. I'm not a big Funaki Pop guy. I'm sorry. Just not, just not into it. So uh, here we go. I'm just trying to find this uh, as we cue it up right now. And this is me having my conversation. Now, I thought I'd ask him a good question. I thought in my heart, in my head, you know, well, I don't want to ask him a question that he doesn't have to think, that he has to think about. So I just asked him a very simple question. I'm like, I'm just going to ask him uh, how many times does he, uh, how many woos does he throw out in a day? So uh, we're going to that right now. Here's uh, Ric Flair signing autographs as I'm about to ask my question. And uh, listen to the guy in front of me and enjoy Enjoy his, enjoy him here too, because uh, he's pretty funny. Um, you know, he, he's uh, he's talking, uh, and if he's hearing, and if he's listening to the show, I'm sorry, but uh, but jeepers, come on! Uh, asking too many questions, you know, telling me your life story. Yeah, just ask him one thing, you know. Here we go. Anyways, uh, listen to this and enjoy. Here we go. Uh-huh. When he uh, re- he introduced me to you. He was a WCW guy. I so grew up watching you with my grandfather every Saturday on the and I'm also an I ride rest too, so I see the flare bumps off the top all the time. All right. Thanks, buddy. Hey, Nate. How many woods do you say a day? Yep. Do you think? A couple. A couple at least, eh? thank you. What do you want, Silver? So, three for the Thanks, Champ. That's awesome. Thank you.
0: Of
1: course, Thanks, Wendy. We'll see you later. Thank you. And that was it. That was my correspondence, basically with Rick Flair. Hey, uh, uh, hey, champ. Uh, how many, how many woos do you think you get today? A, uh, a few. <laughs> and then he just went to sign. He didn't really say. No, he didn't want. He's pretty much there to sign. Uh, hundreds of autographs. Not a lot of time for conversations. But uh, it was nice also seeing Wendy, uh, or as you might know, Wendy from uh, Flair for Gold. His maid, Fifi. Uh, who's his wife? Uh, she was, She also looks fantastic and uh, was such a sweetheart. So um, that was my meeting with Ric Flair. If you want to see the picture, it's on the Instagram. If you want to see the Wrestling Eye, it is also up on the Instagram. Uh, so check out Talking Wrestling Podcast at Instagram to see the pictures and uh, and then the, the results of the weekend of meeting Ric Flair. Uh, that is, I've met Ric Flair. I've met Hulk Hogan. I mean, I've met Ric Flair. I've met Ricky Steamboat. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, I've met The Undertaker, I've met Bret Hart, that's pretty much the bucket list of all the guys you want to meet, except for the big one, Hulk Hogan, and uh, someday I will meet the Hulkster, but until then, uh, until then, uh, you know, we got a show to do. Folks, Sully Sullivan coming up in studio next, and we're back. Folks, it's time to throw to Sully Sullivan and Case Corbin in studio right now. Guys, take it away. With me at this time in studio, we're back off the road and we're back at home, and uh, we're at the studio in the studio city of podcasting studios of Toronto, and uh, and and uh, you know what, we got a great guest for you to this week. Uh, I just met this man last week in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, we worked together at the Absolute Comedy, and uh, it just turns out by whim of chance of circumstance, it turns out. He likes wrestling. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's it, um, he's bringing some international taste to our show because originally uh, from New Zealand, now makes his home uh, in England, I believe in Manchester. Yeah, Manchester. Yeah, England. Manchester. Uh, international international comedian Sully Sullivan. Welcome hey. to the show. Yeah, good to be here. Um, yeah, so uh, it was so funny because uh, uh, Sully was doing his show. And I was watching his show from the back of the room, and uh, and all of a sudden he's like, does anybody in here know what New Zealanders are famous for? And I said, uh, in my head, I was like, yeah, the sheep herders, <laughs> <laughs> which is funny because herding sheep is a big thing over there, but yet... I don't know how many whacking Bush is that a thing over there? Like,
0: when, <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: well, I mean, hey man, the uh, the, the
0: uh, uh obviously with a new generation of coming through may not remember uh, the the greatness that was achieved, um, uh, but uh, I, I think that's
1: still a name you can drop over there. Dude, yeah, 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 they when they went into the WWE Hall of Fame, they had said something like they held like I don't know, one hundred and maybe even two hundred different titles around the world, and I was like. The sheep Herders held. Yeah, 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 yeah. you not a single
0: title in WWE. No, not one
1: title in the yeah. WWE. For like, the saddest thing is, is the Bushwhackers were probably two of the toughest motherfuckers to get in the ring in, in the WWE during their tag team era, and they lost the majority of their matches because they were clowns. But yeah. you know, I think on their like for for the sake of their wellness now i think they they're thank thank vince for not letting us having to do all those crazy barbed wire fire matches yeah
0: yeah they probably wouldn't be around anymore i imagine like in, in order to yeah they probably wouldn't be here to uh, be inducted into the hall of fame
1: i think if uh... no no i remember uh watching matches of the bushwhackers not the bushwhackers the sheepherders, just rip apart uh the fantastics and in, uh, in in uh, the nwa and stuff like that it was so violent but then, you know, they come up to um, uh, in New York, I guess. And, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, we don't want any of that. We like your look. All of this is gold. But um, too violent. How about, how do you feel about licking people? <laughs> They're like, that's uncalled for. <laughs> Who wants to lick people? And, uh, yeah, and kiss well, people and lick yep, people. A lot of people got licked. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and... uh how do you feel about not wearing deodorant? is that would, would that bother you? No and, and eating sardines before matches. So um, that is my introduction to uh, New, Zealand. New Zealand wrestling, wrestling. Well, New Zealand as a whole. <laughs> like, I don't yeah. even I don't even know what Australia has provided for wrestling as outside of Outback Jack. like I don't even know but I tell you when it comes to British wrestling and British strong style, I know a lot more wrestlers that have come out of uh, Britain. Uh, you know, especially recently, like, you know, of course, we all know, like the Bulldogs and we all have heard of, I guess, Les Thornton came out of England and, and, uh, you know, when you hear about, well, Stephen Regal, Of course. Uh, of course. Uh, one of my favorite Stephen Regal stories is uh, he was on the radio in New York with a guy named Kevin Dubrow, who was used to be the lead singer of Quiet Riot. And... Um, <laughs> I, they got into a part, uh, like into a part of the interview, where Steven Regal, I guess Kevin Dubrow insulted him as a wrestler, and Steven Regal just said, "Well, you want to talk about fake? Like your whole fucking career is ripping <laughs> off Slade." <laughs> and then and then he goes, "He goes, I'm fucking friends with Slade, and you do, you, you know, you stole like three of their songs and made all this money." And he's like, "And then fucking next thing you know, they got in a fight." <laughs> on the radio, and I was like, "How tough do you think you are, Kevin Dubro, to like actually fight? Not like a, a, a legit fucking tough guy like Steve Regal, like you know, and, like I'm not like, like he's more than he's a man, <laughs> but like." He's like he's a legitimate fucking yeah, carny fighter.
0: Yeah, that's right. He came through during the old school period. That's what you gotta remember. You know, this was before the days where you could not quite make it as a bodybuilder and then go straight into T V slash entertainment wrestling. No, you you yeah you're, you're 100% right he came through the old school Carney style when, when there was no one taking care of them you know if somebody somebody not supposed to be in the ring wanted to get in the ring they could get in the ring so you, you had to be legitimately tough in those days
1: I would guess so too because especially if you're going around and saying who's who can stay 2 minutes in the ring with Steve Regal yeah 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 or, or 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 whatever name he's using Stephen Regal or Lord Regal or William Regal um because I think Steve Regal might actually be a whole different wrestler, but <laughs> um, I definitely knew it's William Regal and <laughs> yeah. definitely Lord Regal. But uh, but it, it's 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 insane, like you know, because in Canada nobody ever got challenged. Like every now and again, a bear would tour with wrestlers, <laughs> and they're like, "Who wants to fight a bear?" And it was always like, in my hometown, it was the Zamboni driver. But um, but yeah, but now English and British wrestling is like. You know, it's off the charts. Like uh, it's it's definitely on the up. I mean, even since I've been based in the
0: UK, you have seen uh, a massive. Uh- upsurge in the scene and you're seeing, you know, uh, new legitimacy. It would had been, you know, for a long time, um, it was weird. They did a documentary a little while ago on sort of what became of British wrestling and um, they were talking about the uh, the heyday of World of Sport, uh, you know, a lot of which was in black and white and giant haystacks and uh, and so forth. And the weird thing was, the conclusion of his documentary was that... Um, that's where British wrestling had sort of died, um, and that nothing had sort of happened since. And it's by the time the documentary came out, they had already missed the point where the transition had begun, and this new generation, this new upsurge was occurring. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, you know with, with I mean, you know new uh, new promotions like Progress in the UK. Uh,
1: I mean, they are relatively young. Yeah, and and you already look at the talent that they've put out. Like, you know, they've put out, like, Walter, and they've put out, uh, you know, like, Pete Dunne, and they put out Will Ospreay, and and even Ricochet uh, was there. Yeah. Um, You know, and, um, of course, Finn Balor was also there. Uh, So a lot of guys uh, from over there kind of got their launching pad from over there and then have launched either, you know, to north america or say the wwe per se or even have launched themselves the other way and over to japan yeah to, yeah to new japan where you have your uh, you know your you'll have uh um fit finley's son or is over there now not that he's that's irish but still you know it uh you know and then you have uh davy boy smith jr's over there as well and a lot of british wrestlers um so how did progress start because like, like you told me Two comics start this, and uh, I wh- look at it, two. It's, it was difficult <laughs> enough for us to be in a house for a week, <laughs> and we could not pull together this podcast. <laughs> we, we, were, we were on a three days later oh, yeah. in Toronto, yeah. and we got it together. How do two comics fucking build a wrestling organization?
0: Well, well, yeah, so you, you had Jim Smallman, uh, who was an on-stage comic. Uh, John Briley, who worked mainly uh, as an agent and uh, in promotions. And Glenn as well, who brought his own uh, production expertise to the trio. And one of the things you had in UK was a lot of the people running wrestling promotions... Um, all they, all they had to bring to the scene was the fact that they liked wrestling and the fact they got off their ass and they'd started a promotion. But they didn't have actually any expertise in running in event management, in promotions per se. Whereas when you had people... Uh, like Jim and like John decide that they were going to start a wrestling promotion. They already had years of event management uh, and simply being around live entertainment behind them, so they already knew things uh, about production quality that some of these other promotions didn't necessarily know. And until Progress came along in some parts of the UK, people just had nothing that they hadn't. They didn't have a yardstick, so they didn't necessarily know that their little promotion in their town was not doing a very good job. Yeah. Uh, and then you had uh, the Progress guys come along and do things properly, and the um, the difference could be really stark uh, against some of the other promotions in the UK. Uh,
1: yeah, that totally makes sense because I think about the other promotions, like, you know, I picture the promotion that Paige's family ran, you know, and when you watch the movie that they have, they don't really have any good wrestlers except for Paige and her brother. And then it, the father is the main guy. But it's like, you know, it's mostly kids that are then they're running this promotion. And I'm kind of wondering if that was what it was like before, you know, before there was one major promotion or, or some better promotions mm. came.
0: The other thing you had uh, that uh, weirdly Pro- uh, Progress almost had an advantage was they didn't necessarily have some of the baggage that some of the older promotions had. Mm -hmm. Um, So the first show, um, as I understand it, that they ran was a London-based show. They went, okay, we're gonna start a promotion. Where are we gonna run it? And London, to an outsider, makes sense. You know, you got an eight million-plus person catchment pool uh, to get your audience from. But the weird thing was, at the time, at that time in the uk when they said we're going to run a show in london uh, some other promotions laughed at them because it was just taken as verbatim that everybody knows you can't run wrestling in london everybody knows no one will go to wrestling in london even in the uk wrestling was kind of wrestling uh, yeah. where you had to run it out in the sticks um and so right from their very first show um they was kind of breaking the mold in that regard
1: and do you think that's why and that's where You know, basically because of that, did they develop their punk rock attitude where they're like, we're going against the man and we're going against the... the, the, Whatever you say, we're going against it. It
0: it was very DIY from... from day one now having said that a lot of wrestling promotions are very diy you know they're very hands-on i mean even in the case where you've got kids running things i mean that yeah that that's a diy promotion Mm -hmm. um but i would certainly agree that they were you know that they were they were breaking the mold um from day one and they also had momentum from day one that they have never let up
1: yeah um that that is very cool and then it's um yeah, it's very cool the way they the way they uh, so they started with some smaller shows and then like how, what 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 do you think the year span was maybe ten years before now where WWE is running shows with them through uh, NXT UK. Yeah, well, uh,
0: trying to th- I, I should know the foundation
1: date off the top of my head and I don't. It's all right. Uh, I mean, Wikipedia and stuff as we as we uh, as we find. Because it doesn't feel about. like that long. <laughs> Um, hold on. It says right here, established uh, two thousand. It is. It, it's, it's well, no, it's not that long. Established in two thousand eleven. Yeah, and uh, by Jim, and you know, and so we look at in the last three years that's happened. Yeah, where well, where Hunter's gone over and then and, and that's
0: the thing. I think you do have to give some credit to. Yeah, WWE's gone through a change as well. There, there, there seemed to be a while where, and this from an outside perspective, uh, so feel free to disagree, but there seemed to be a while where they preferred to develop wrestlers from point zero yes, um, to the finished product then be willing to take people from the independent scene. Um, and it took a few wrestlers who have been big in the independent scene to show that they could be main eventers in WWE uh, for that mindset to change.
1: Yeah. And now you do have these link-ups with the likes of Progress here in the UK. Now, I do find um that it is like that, but it's where it's like everything old is new again, because when Vince first started the WWE, all he did was pretty much raid all the territories of their top talent and then (laughs) then sign them to WWE. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very similar. He He didn't make... Vince McMahon did not make Hulk Hogan. Hulkamania was born and made in the AWA, and Vince just signed him away. So, you know, and the same with a lot of... Jesse Ventura, Mean Gene, you know, like um, Ted DiBiase already had a great career running uh, before. Junkyard Dog, these guys, Ricky Steamboat, these – he just sort of went around and took all the best talent. And I'm like – it's, it's, and when I look at what Hunter's doing, it's very similar because at the same time, he's, he's taking the best of their talent, but at the same time, he's limiting, you know, like, hey, you you're still can rest. You still have your organization. We're just going to take your top four guys.
0: Yeah, look, don't get me wrong. Uh, not everybody uh, likes uh, the current situation. You know, you can never please everybody all the time. It
1: seems like it's repeating itself, though.
0: Uh, but, uh, you know, I would say that, uh, I mean, you were talking about the likes of uh, Walter. Um, uh, the UK does now offer a gateway for non British talent.
1: Uh, to yes. the North American scene as well, uh, and, and to other countries. And it's and you know it's um it, what's interesting about that is too is like you can Walter wants to stay over in 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 Europe. He'd rather be based over there than have it come and, and be NXT America. So it's great that he's over there, and then they can just bring him over yeah. whenever we need whenever we need him. Um, so many names like have come through, uh, like, when I first saw Mark Haskins wrestle, uh, I thought he was from Toronto, and I already told you this story. I already thought he was from Toronto, and, you know, because he has that, I don't know, he has a Toronto look to him. He just looks like a, a skid from Toronto. He's got a lot of tats. He's got long hair. it's pretty thin, kind of looks like the drummer from the Foo Fighters. Yeah, you it, know? Does, it does have that grungy look. Yeah, and, uh, and then I saw him in, in L.A., and I was like, oh, he's not from Toronto at all. And he was wrestling with another British guy, and uh, who we still have not figured out is who it was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I told you who it was. I think it's Nigel Guinness. No, not, not Nigel Guinness. No, it's... Anyways, um, it's neither here nor there. Um, but anyways, he was wrestling with another uh, British guy against the Young Bucks. And then I realized, oh my God, he's not even Canadian. He's British. Um, that same card, uh, when I was down in PWG at Reseda, um, Zack Sabre Jr. was there. And he was actually, I went to the CVS drugstore to get some money out of the ATM. It's sort of like a block away from the, uh, from the venue in Reseda that used to be there, the old Legion Hall. And uh, Walter and Zack Sabre Jr. were there. So I let Zack Sabre Jr. in front of me, but then Walter just butted in front of me. I didn't say anything, but... Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have either. <laughs> I let it happen. But uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is uh, such a fantastic wrestler, But he, I don't he's just, number one, too good looking. And number two, um, I I hate, I can't stand when they put him in a move and he just steps out of it. (laughs) Or he just, like, moves his arm. I'm like, that's not how it's supposed to work, you know. It's like, I get so angry. And uh, so the first time I saw Walter was that night, and I saw Walter fight Zack Sabre Jr. And then I saw Zack Sabre Jr.'s chest just look like, uh, shredded <laughs> beef <laughs> you know i could not believe it um
0: and that is one thing that's quite cool about the uk scene at the moment is there's a number of guys that i have seen um in the likes of progress and the likes of future shock uh in the northwest of england and then you know sometimes only a matter of months before uh, they're on the network and and not and this was even before we had uh uk nxt
1: yeah like you know, I'm I'm looking looking through here, and it talks about um, you know the Brixton Academy where they did their I guess they did their first show, and then um, you know where I told you that I've been to the Alexandria Palace. Yeah, and old like, alley, Pelly. I would love to see 2,000 2, people there. I would love to go to a, a card there. Um, you know, and then they expand and they've been they've run out through Sheffield. And, yeah, uh, the Sheffield
0: one was interesting because, as I understand it, uh, the first Sheffield show wasn't even supposed to happen. Um, the venue in Manchester, who they've worked with a lot, O2 Academy in Manchester, had uh, double booked them. Yeah. And um, the fact is that um, the O2 Academies, you know, they like progress because the show, you know, first bells uh, usually at, uh, what is it, first ballot. Five show finishes Eight I think that's right um, Doors open at three That sounds about right um, And 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 so they're done Before a lot of Other events Would even have people Through the door And the fans do drink and, As well Etc cetera, et cetera. So uh, Manchester had Double bought them And they're like Well we could give you Sheffield And they're like Ah oh, it's a bit last minute And they're like Oh we'll work out a deal And they're like Alright let's find out Who wants to go to Sheffield um, And <laughs> they Took it to Sheffield They sold
1: out And you know Now they run shows In Sheffield it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, some of the names that you're familiar with, like these are all who's who in wrestling right now. It was like, especially WWE, like, well, not necessarily Colt Cabana, but uh, El-, El Ligero, uh, Mark Haskins, Zack Sabre Jr., Adam Cole is the first non-European wrestler to uh, win a progress. Uh, of course, Finn Balor um, defeating Zack Sabre Jr., Jimmy Havoc. Uh, you know, Samoa Joe, Roderick Strong, Tommaso uh, Ciampa. Like, these are all... uh, Wrestling fans know all these names.
0: The first time I saw Eichmann was uh, at a progress show, and I remember seeing him and thinking,
1: he needs a bigger stage. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Even, like, uh, 2016, the the, the company began working with other promotions. Um, the, the, The WWE Cruiserweight Classic, 2017, uh, Pete Doon, Tyler Bate, Trent Seven, Mark Andrews all participated in the uh, UK Championship Tournament Um, and uh, Bate being uh, crowned uh, first WWE United Kingdom champion. Um, It also talks about the international expansion and uh, this is kind of cool because in 2016 they came to Canada, specifically Toronto, and Smash Wrestling had its uh, title defended at a progress show. Uh, the three pro, uh, co-promoted shows to in Ontario in September. Um, Progress is coming back to Canada. Uh, it was just announced this week, which is very perfectly timing our conversation and us meeting. It's probably that's the whole reason why we got booked together. Um, <laughs> it was yeah, 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 yeah. So, so
0: someone saw the uh, wrestling announcements and they yeah. said, "You know, we who, who we need to stay in a condo <laughs> in yeah.
1: Kingston for three days." Yeah, this will work out, right? Um, but yeah, SummerSlam weekend is in August and, uh, and, uh, Smash is running a show with Progress on the 7th on the Wednesday night and, uh, I will be there and, um, I, I, it will be packed. Um, and then they did a show, um, with Germany, uh, Westside Extreme Wrestling in London and, uh, it's really great the way these, sh- these, these wrestling promotions get together and do, um. You know, united. You know, a united promotion, uh, because uh, I just think it's great whenever they cross talent.
0: Yeah, uh, it's 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 great for the fans, and also, I mean, you know, sometimes wrestling promotions can be too territorial uh, in terms of trying to, uh, you know, keep their roster to themselves, keep their branding to themselves. Um, but it's you know, sometimes the the sum of the halves creates a greater whole.
1: Yeah, you know, and. Um, I'm 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 excited to see who they're going to bring to Canada um, because you know some of their roster might might actually be here for the NXT takeover or whatever. Like you know um, you know like I'm looking right now and uh, Jordan Grace is also there. She's uh, she's crazy. Like she could put me on her shoulders and squat. <laughs> me. Um, Yeah, it's great. Walter's the current champion with Progress right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just had um, uh, Super Strong Style 16, was it? Uh, uh, Because it was a long weekend in the UK, uh, so that would have been on Monday. Uh, So I haven't even seen all the results yet. Um, uh, But in fact, I did message Jim to try to get the, a little bit of skinny on uh, what they might have planned for Toronto. And I know he's seen my message, but it ain't got back to me yet. But uh, as, as, as I said, they had a show going on that day. So I, th- I thought getting any info out of him might be a long shot.
1: I do like that they have uh, names for every one of their shows.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they uh, they have uh, they have no shame in what they name things.
1: <laughs> no, like there's, a, there's one show called Thunder Bastard Beyond Thunder Bastard.
0: Uh, one of my favourite show names of all time Was men throwing men at other men That's uh, Yeah, sums up wrestling in a nutshell uh, chat- no,
1: no, Sometimes
0: of course There's women throwing women
1: at other women uh, Chat shit get banged Yep Now no, uh, Another corker
0: <laughs> <laughs> And I have a funny feeling There was um, man shouting at cloud Old man shouting at cloud Yeah, uh, yeah Was, was, was men, another
1: name Men throw men at men That's oh, great okay. uh, Week matter Midweek matters uh, chase the sun, I love, I love it, I love it, I love it, and I love that they're uh, they're coming over. The last time I saw, also uh, out of England, I'm a big fan of what culture, uh, the what culture channel. I don't, I I know they do a lot of other geek things, but I just watched the wrestling, and they tried to uh, start up their own wrestling for a while where they were going to produce their own matches. They did a whole tournament where it was like. Um, uh, a world cup a what culture world cup and they came here to Canada and they had the best of the Canadian indie wrestlers wrestling so Canada would be represented uh when they went to the the world cup and I'm trying to remember who won but like we're talking like really good matches like um Mike Elgin was involved uh Kyle O'Reilly um Oh, Jeepers, who else uh Uh, Frankie the Mobster, Davey Boy Smith Jr., uh, Mike Speedball Bailey, uh, Brent Banks. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else, but it was like an incredible card of like, it's amazing all these guys are Canadian. And then they did the same thing with the U.S., with the U.K., and uh, Japan. And then they had a final like tournament and everything. And it was all great and everything. But then YouTube was going to declare wrestling violent yeah. and had all wrestling was be, to be taken down. And I was like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> you have kids playing, like, Grand Theft Auto on YouTube. And there's, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. no hookers are getting hit in either, but one is, seems to be okay. And the other, well, there's not a lot of hookers in wrestling, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's um, not the uh,
0: Attitude Era. Anyway. Yeah,
1: no, it's definitely not the Attitude Era. And, and uh, not only that, um, <laughs> there's no more Ho Trains. <laughs> no, no Ho Trains. And not only that, um, yeah, so I'm looking at the tag division and a, a solid tag division. I love the, they also invoke Freebird Rule. Yep. Um, at certain times. I was worried about the Freebird Rule when uh, Kofi won the title. I was like, "Are they going invoke- to?" Oh, right!
0: I never thought of that. Uh, Three boot w- ruled for a singles title. Yeah, uh, why yeah, not? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, true. Like, if if, if Michael Hayes would have won the world title at one point, would Terry Gordy ever get to defend it? If he's <laughs> Michael Hayes is too hungover, uh, I know Buddy Roberts wouldn't, but Terry Gordy would be the go-to guy, I would think. So, so that is fantastic. Uh, how did you? Um, now, what like? Obviously, progress wasn't always there. How did you get into wrestling? At what point did you get into wrestling? Uh, Like, what is your wrestling origin story?
0: Okay, well, um, like a lot of fans, you know, watched wrestling as a kid. And then there was sort of almost like a hiatus period before I got into it as an adult and watched it through different eyes and Mm -hmm. you're then watching it for different reasons. And, but my first, the first UK show I ever went to, uh, was PCW Preston city wrestling. Um, they have always bought over some great North American talent. So, uh, often had some, uh, some big draws there on some of their, on some of their shows. Uh, but it was actually, it was a fright night show, which is their Halloween themed, uh, uh, a show, and every every match had some kind of gimmick. And, they, you know, whether it's, a, a fans bring the weapons, or whether it's no DQ, or whether it's falls count anywhere, it's pretty much an anything-goes situation. Yeah. And the uh, main event that night uh, was Tyson T-Bone uh, versus uh, the late, great Chris Travis. And, um, you know because it was uh, was a no DQ match. Um, I think they spent about three minutes in the ring before they're, you know, fighting amongst the fans Then out in the car park. And then eventually, like any of those matches, worked their way back ringside. And we had seats at ringside. And um, at one point, uh, Tyson just looks down at me. uh, And I've never met the man before. I've never spoken to him before. He looks down at me and just says the words, you'll do. Um, And... I see this look in his so I put my arms up, uh, I, I put one arm up, and he just picks me up like a rag doll and body slams me on top of Chris Travis. Um, no. Now, yeah, 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 yeah. so <laughs> I roll over, I sell a bit, at which point the fans are chanting, use the plant, use the plant, use the plant. Now, two things there, the fans obviously all thought I was a plant, which is understandable, uh, a wrestler just picked me up, dumped me on another wrestler, and I was sitting ringside. But the thing was, I knew I. It wasn't a plant And I couldn't see this any, <laughs> a, 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 At the time Because I'm I'm lying face down Selling a little bit And in my head I'm genuinely thinking Holy fuck Tyson's gonna hit him With a potted plant This shit's getting out of hand um, But the uh, As the fans are trying to Use the plant T-Bone actually gets slightly pissed off Because he doesn't think he's got the credit That he deserves for yeah. picking up a random uh, A random mark, shall we say And dumping on, on On top of his opponent So he just starts picking up Literally, like, a, th- a third of the front row, that's what it felt like. Just starts picking up random people out the audience uh, and dropping them on, uh, on on top of Chris Travis. Uh, and that was literally the first UK indie show uh, I went to. You can understand after that, I thought, oh, I'm, I'm definitely coming back to
1: this. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a great intro. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, there was one time I had a Brian Adams concert in, uh, in Ottawa. There was a kid that sat there in the front row and he had a sign saying, let me play, let me play. And he decides, so Brian Adams stopped the concert. And this is years ago. This kind of stuff happens all the time now. The Foo Fighters do it every show. Brian Adams does it every show pretty much too. But this was like the first time. It's like 80, 88. And uh, so he brings the kid up stage. He's like, bring this kid up on stage. And he goes, you, you have a sign that says, let me play. What do you want to play? Baseball? You know? <laughs> And then and he does a little joke and everybody gets laugh. He goes, No, I wanna play guitar with you And he goes like uh, and he goes, Okay and he goes he goes like um, and he goes, What do you want to play? And he goes, first song I ever learned on a guitar was cuts like a knife. So Brian Adams, is like, Alright, we're gonna play Cuts Like a Knife He gives him the guitar, puts takes it off himself, puts it on him. He's like, Go ahead and he grabs the mic and like the kid hits the riff and the whole fucking place goes nuts. Uh, I would think that like if you were like that kid, you, in the next five wrestling events you go to, you're like, oh, because, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. pick me, pick yeah, me. That's right. right. Like, the last guy picked me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, he <laughs> last got on, guy, body slammed me. Oh, he was, because he, he this guy made the news across Canada. It was a big deal. And then I saw him at Tom Cochran, who sang Life is a Highway. It was a big hit for him. Uh, but uh, a month later, And he was in the front row, and he's like, let me play, let me play. I'm like, you can't do this in every fucking show, you know? I do do remember talking to Chris Travis. uh, I don't know what the
0: circumstance was. A little while later, and um, we're talking about that particular match. And... um, he said that apparently, he, he said to T-Bone afterwards, like, what the fuck were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, what would you have done if the person you'd picked up had swung at you? And it's T-Bone, so he was just like, oh, i deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you look at T-Bone, you go,
1: yeah, I mean, I mean who's, who's swinging at you? Who's swinging at you? No, right. no one. No one's swinging at anybody called T-Bone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah, it's yeah. The, it, 100%.
0: Yeah, anyone who's introduced is uh, straight from the trailer park.
1: <laughs> Insanity um yeah it's uh it's pretty crazy folks go check out this progress show when it comes to town i'm telling you uh the talent alone is top notch and uh who knows nobody's gonna who knows what kind of surprises are gonna pop up during SummerSlam weekend later this summer uh as far as cross promotions going on um this weekend is well this weekend in two nights from now Ring of Honour is in town with uh, New Japan, and uh, I've already got my tickets to that, and of course next week you'll be hearing all about that show. Uh, will PCO go over uh, Matt Tavern? Uh, I hope so. PCO is um, from Canada, so and he is not human, and um, I'm hoping to see him bring home the Ring of Honour gold uh, right here in Toronto on Thursday night. That'll be fantastic um th- we're pretty much already done that's like a, a good solid half hour <laughs> <coughs> <coughs> it does sound like you're done indeed <laughs> at the sound of the third cough um now we'll, we'll edit that coffee note but um so um anyways uh this just is the time of the show where we'll we'll plug you and uh, Well, we don't really say. Where you plug yourself. How about no plugging anyone? How about uh, you just tell us where you're playing, where we can find you online, uh, what's going on, and uh, what's uh, what's happening in the uh, Sully O'Sullivan universe?
0: Uh, well, uh, right here in Canada, uh, when this comes out, I will be uh, headed down to Absolute Toronto. Um, the following week, I'll be at Absolute Ottawa, and then I will be back to the UK um, biggest... Project I've got coming up, uh, August, uh, be the Edinburgh Fringe festivals. For any international listeners, uh, I will be there all month. Um, uh, one of the shows being the Great British Cake Offenders, uh, where we attempt to
1: bake the most offensive cake you've ever seen. So come along, find out where I get my assus cake made. And not only that, um, if you're over there and you try and you run into Colt Cabana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's
0: uh, a frequent <laughs> uh, he's uh, a frequent visitor to the French.
1: Yeah, if uh, you happen to run over and you happen to see him, uh, tell him we said hello.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apologize for that joke I made in Keatsley, England. Uh, he probably doesn't remember, uh, but we won't be talking about Fanta the soft drink anytime soon.
1: Oh, no. Did you make a Nazi joke about Fanta soft drinks? Uh, yeah, that might have happened. It might have happened. <laughs> uh, well, good. Enough people don't know the history of Fanta soft drinks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tasted the Holocaust? Yes, tasted the Holocaust, indeed. Um, yeah, it's it's incredible when people Orange Fanta had to disappear; it had to go away, and now it's fine, and everybody's drinking it and driving their while they're driving their BMWs. You know, it's like you know, oh boy, um, we don't want to talk about Nazis because <laughs> I saw we nothing good becomes from Nazis, as you might have seen the recent Von Erich documentary. Um, you know, you wrestle as a Nazi, you're going to lose three kids to suicide. That is not a good thing. It's very dark, uh, you know, but if you haven't seen those Viceland documentaries, <laughs> check them out. Um, check out, uh, Sully at, uh, Absolute Comedy Ottawa and Absolute Comedy, uh, Toronto. Uh, and of course, uh, if you're over at the Fringe in Edinburgh, uh, check him out over there as well. And, uh, you want to check me out, you, uh, you can do that, um jeepers i will be in hamilton this weekend and then uh, at the end of the month i will be down in halifax for two weeks and then uh, come back i'll be in st Catharines at showtime uh comedy as well as um the neat cafe on the 7th of june for the rank and vile show come check all that out uh and where can we find you online uh www.sullyosullivan.com
0: is the easiest way to go and uh from there you can find uh you know twitter facebook instagram
1: all the usual stuff yeah he's the he's pretty much the main sully o'sullivan online yeah so uh you know so check him out online uh, folks thank you again for joining us here on talking wrestling thanks for letting us put a headlock in your ears Solly, thanks for dropping by and being a part of the show. Thanks for having me. And, uh, and great job last weekend on all those shows, even on the, the shitty Saturday night one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the one we won't forget anytime soon. Yeah. Oh, boy. we Kingston, Ontario. Yeah, you know, they didn't like my
0: Fanta jokes either. I didn't do any Fanta <laughs> jokes. I didn't do any Fanta they,
1: jokes. I remember um, when, when I used to watch WWE when I was a kid called Maple Reef Wrestling, they'd have everything was localized to wherever the wrestling was going. So they would cut the independent promos for Kingston, and they used to, Kingston was a stop on the WWE thing. And I remember Jesse Ventura because of all the prisons that are there. He's like, he's like, he goes tell all my friends in those prisons that Jesse Ventura is coming to town and let him out. You because know, <laughs> like it was just always great. Um, and uh, speaking of always great, uh, talking wrestling is always great. And thank you for joining us in uh, for another episode here on Never Sleeps Network. Uh, if you're on iTunes, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. And uh, we'll talk to you another time next week uh, on Talking Wrestling. Thanks for joining us. Bye.